Chapter Nineteen of Joan Thursday by Lewis Joseph Vance. The Slippervox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. For a long time, Joan lay snug between the sheets, staring wide-eyed into the patch of lustrous blue morning sky framed by the window, reviewing this new and wonderful adventure of her heart from a point of view remote, detached, and critical thoughts recurred that in the excitement and ardour of the night had been passed over and neglected and from them she derived a new strange and intoxicating sense of power her first waking thought was as her last before sleeping i am beautiful her second not i love him but he loves me and her third grew out of the second i can make him do what pleases me yesterday a lowly supplicant at the shrine of love to-day love's very self adored and desired by an erstwhile divinity now humbled to the level of humanity a fit of petulance beauty and tears a whispered word of passion strange and strangely simple incantation to have turned a world upside down how easily was man supplied to the spell the sense of power ran like wine through her being she felt herself invincible an adept of love's alchemy she had surprised its secret and now the world of man's heart lay open to the practices of her disastrous art for a moment she experienced an almost terrifying intimation of empires ripe for conquest that lay beyond matthias but from this she withdrew her troubled gaze nor would she look again not yet she considered his mad extravagance of last night taxicabs champagne tips was he then able to afford such expenditures in her understanding they went oddly with his pretensions to decent poverty or had he merely lost his head under the influence of her charms this last theory pleased her she adopted it with reservations the question remained one to be cleared up he disapproved of a career upon the stage for her joan smiled indulgently that matter would be arranged in good time she meant to have her way at a tap on her door she changed suddenly from the aloof egoist to a woman athrill before the veil of portentous mysteries she sat up in bed called out to know who was knocking gave permission to the chambermaid to enter and received a note in the hand of matthias past twelve o'clock she read and still no sign of you sweetheart i give you thirty minutes to dress and come to me if you don't i'll come for you after breakfast we'll run out of town for the day our first day together matthias half wild with delight she hurried through her toilet and ran downstairs to find her lover waiting in the hallway watch in hand he closed it with a snap and made her a quaintly ceremonious bow in two minutes more he observed in a tone of grave menace but before we go out have the kindness to step into my humble study i have something to say to you she appeared to hesitate to be reluctant and preoccupied what about 
she demanded distantly but her dancing eyes betrayed her business he said sententious his gesture indicated a vigilant universe of eavesdroppers nobody's but our own nevertheless there was none to spy upon them as he drew her gently by the waist down the hall and into the back parlour she yielded with a charming diffidence in his embrace the sense of power slipped unheeded from her ken returning the deep obliterating rapture of overnight lips that first submitted soon gave in return then demanded she clung heavily to him a little faint and breathless with a vague and sweet and nameless longing at breakfast in a neighboring restaurant matthias disclosed his plans for the day involving a motor trip down along the north shore of long island dinner at huntington a return by moonlight joan enchanted by the prospect the sum of whose experience outside manhattan island was comprised in a few trips to coney island consented with a strange mingling of eagerness and misgivings the thought of the cost troubled a conscience still haunted by memories of last night's prodigality i didn't know you had an automobile i haven't i'm chartering one for the day but but won't it be awfully expensive don't worry dear but you know you aren't rich i'm a magnet of happiness at all events and to-day is our day the first of our love sweetheart for twelve long hours we're going to forget everything but our two selfish selves why fret about to-morrow it always does manage to take care of itself somehow and frankly i don't care to be reminded of its existence to-day for to-morrow i work a day of quicksilver hours slipping ever from their jealous grasp of hours volatile and glamorous in joan's half-day's consciousness a delectable pageant of scenes sensations and emotions no sooner comprehended than displaced by others no less wonderful abed long after midnight visions besieged her bewilderingly a length of dusty golden highway walled by green forest with a white bridge glaring in sunlight at the bottom of a hill the affrighting onrush of great motor-cars meeting their own and the din and dust of their passage the bright harbour of huntington blue and gold in a frame of gold and green viewed from the marble balustrade of the chateau de beaux-arts the wrinkled kindly comprehending face of a waiter who served them at dinner the look in her lover's eyes as she repeated on demand guarded avowals under cover of the motor's rumble the ardent face of the boy who had seemed unable to cease staring at her in the restaurant silver and purple of the road by night wheeling ranks of lights dotting the desolation of suburban brooklyn the high-flung span of queensborough bridge a web of steel and concrete strung with opalescent globes the glare of the city's painted sky the endless pulsing of the motor their last caress on parting at the foot of the stairs on the morrow she went back to her typewriter like cinderella to her kitchen but what work matthias was able to invent for her was neither arduous nor urgent she was able to take her time on it and wasted many an hour in dreaming 
her mind was indeed more engaged with thoughts of new frocks than with the circumstances of her love or her services to her lover she was to receive thenceforward twenty-five instead of ten dollars a week matthias had experienced little difficulty in overruling her faint protestations they were to be together a great deal he argued and she must be able to dress at least neatly moreover by requiring her promise to marry him at some future time when his fortunes would permit he had in a measure made her dependent upon him she couldn't reasonably be asked to wait for long on a bare pittance his arguments were reinforced by one he knew nothing of a maxim called from the wisdom of miss maisie dean it was up to a girl to look out for herself first last and all the time the platitude had made an ineffaceable impression upon joan's sense of self-preservation and if matthias were able to afford nightly dinners for two at good restaurants in addition to theatre tickets several times a week he ought to be able to afford a decent compensation to his stenographer especially when it was his wish that she refrain from attempting to earn more money on the stage it was however true that no offer had come to joan of other theatrical work and that the issue of her ambition remained in abeyance a subject which she didn't care to raise and which matthias since that first night had considered settled customarily they met each evening about half-past six at some distance from their lodgings a precaution against gossip on the part of the other inmates of the maison du prat thence they would go to dine at some favourite restaurant where food was good and evening dress not obligatory the cafe of their first supper by preference or else the lafayette in university place the brevoort house or one of a few minor french establishments upon which matthias had conferred the approval of a discriminating taste thereafter if he meant to work they would take a taxicab for a brief whirl through central park or up riverside drive to grant's tomb and back or if he considered attendance upon some first representation important enough to interfere with his work as forming part of the education of a student of contemporaneous drama they would go to a theatre where he always contrived to have good but inconspicuous seats in all joan must have attended with him eight or nine first nights and since matthias refused to waste his time on musical comedy they witnessed for the most part plays dealing with one phase or another of social life in either london or new york from these joan derived an amount of benefit which would have surprised anyone ignorant of the quickness of perception and intelligent adaptability characteristic of the american girl however humble her origin the poorest plays furnished her with material for self-criticism and improvement as plays indeed she was but vaguely interested in them but as schools of deportment they held her breathlessly attentive she never took her gaze from the stage so long as there remained upon it an actress portraying however indifferently a woman of any degree of cultivation whatever 
gestures postures vocal inflections the character of their gowns and the manner in which they contrive to impart to them something of their wearer's personality the management of a teacup or a fashion of shaking hands all these were registered and stored away in the girl's memory to be recalled when alone reviewed dissected modified to fit her individually practised and eventually to be adopted with varying discretion and success she was to be the wife of a man of position was determined that his friends and associates should find little censure in her manners for long helena tankerville figured to joan as an impeccable model of tact distinction taste and gentlewomanliness to become as helena was summed up by the dearest aspirations of the girl she began to be very guarded in her use of english as shoes as far as her means permitted the uniform style of costume to which new york women are largely prone dressed her hair differently and upon no superstructure other than its own and spent long hours manicuring and observing the minor niceties of the feminine toilet paradoxically with the obtuseness characteristic of a certain type of imaginative man matthias appreciated and was grateful for the improvement in his fiancée without realizing it objectively what pleased his sensitive tastes he accepted as normal expressions of innate good breeding what jarred he glossed with charity it was inconceivable that he should love any woman but one instinctively fine he endowed joan with many a grace and many a future that she did not possess and this implicit assertion of his that she was all that the mistress of his heart ought to be incited her to more determined efforts to resemble all that by birth and training she was not it was some time before the novelty palled and she grew restive under the strain of it all i had a talk with rideout to-day he observed during dinner on an evening about a fortnight subsequent to the disbanding of the jade god company he's dickering with algerson thinks the thing may possibly come to a deal before long how do you mean joan inquired with quick interest algerson wants to buy rideout's interest in the play at a bargain to himself of course rideout is holding out for a better offer but he's hard-pressed and i rather think he'll close with algerson within a few days who's algerson joan asked after an interval devoted to ransacking her memory for some echo of that name resulting in the conviction that she had never heard it before he runs a chain of stock companies out on the pacific coast and now he's anxious to branch out into the producing business and if he gets the jade god when will he put it on can't say haven't seen him i'm not supposed to know he's interested as yet though of course they'll have to come to me before the deal can be ratified but she'll consent rather especially if algerson will take over rideout's contract as it stands it provides for pretty good royalties and as a prospective bridegroom i'm very much interested in such sordid matters joan traced a meaningless pattern on the cloth with a line of her fork glanced surreptitiously at matthias remembered that toying with the tableware wasn't good form and quietly abandoned the occupation i wonder 
she murmured abstractedly you wonder what matthias prompted when she failed to round out her thought she laughed uneasily <laughs> i was just wondering if if he gets the piece algerson would give me a chance at my old part not with my consent said matthias promptly you know i don't want you to stick at that game but i'm tired of doing nothing she pouted prettily matthias shook his stubborn head besides he added quickly algerson will probably try the show out in one of his stock houses before he goes to the expense of organizing a new and separate production i mean he'll use people already on his payroll and not engage outsiders until he knows pretty well whether he's got a success or a failure on his hands you think he will produce southwest probably and will you have to go i don't know i shan't unless i get some guarantee of expenses although i don't know perhaps i ought to wilbrow and i are the only people who know how the thing ought to be done and algerson most certainly won't pay what wilbrow asks for making a production and his expenses to the coast and back besides it would be a shame to let a valuable property go smash for want of intelligent supervision then you may go after all i can't say until something definite is arranged i'll have to think it over jen sighed a week elapsed before the subject came up again matthias had been out all day joan with no typing to engage her had sought surcease of ennui with a book and an easy chair in the back parlour but the story was badly chosen for her purpose its heroine like herself had in the beginning been merely a girl of the people little if any better equipped for the struggle to the top joan could see no reason why she should not rise with a rapidity as wonderful given but the chance denied her through the unreasonable prejudice of her lover and presently the book lay open and neglected in her lap while her thoughts engaged mutinously with this obstruction to her desires seeking a way to circumvent it without imperiling her conquest joan was proud and sure of her power over matthias but she realized that in spite of it she didn't as yet fill his life there existed in his nature reticences her imagination might not plumb and until chance or the confidence only to be engendered through long slow processes of intimate association should make these known to her she hesitated to join issue with his will and yet she was continually restless and discontented sometimes she felt that the old order of uncertainty and stifled longings had been better for her soul that she couldn't much longer endure the tension of living up to the rigorous standards of matthias and his kind that she might even be happier as the object of a passion less honourable and honest than that which he offered her but never before this day had she admitted so much to herself even in her most secret hours of egoistic self-communion matthias came in briskly in a glow of high spirits shortly before sunset and immediately as always her every doubt and misgiving vanished like mists in the morning glow of his love throwing hat and stick upon the couch he went directly to her chair 
knelt beside it gathered her to him she yielded with a sedate yet warm tenderness perhaps the more sincere to-day because of a conscience stricken by the memory of her late disloyalty of thought and something of her fond gravity and gentleness penetrated and sobered his own mood he held her very close for many minutes but when he drew back at arm's length to worship her with his eyes she turned her head aside quickly if not quickly enough to deceive him he was instant to detect the glimmer of tears in her long lashes the childish tremor of her sweet lips and again drew her to him my dearest one he whispered with infinite gentleness and solicitude what is it tell me nothing she breathed brokenly in return nothing only i guess i'm a little blue lonely without you dear i'm afraid i need either to be at work or with you always then be comforted sweetest girl the time won't be long now i believe in my very soul till when she leaned back in her chair examining his face with eyes that shone with infectious fire of his confident excitement till when what do you mean something has happened you're right he laughed exultantly two big things have happened to me to-day wylie has accepted to-morrow's people we signed the contract this afternoon he's to put it on about the first of the year oh i'm so glad but that isn't all algerson has bought rideout's contract and is to produce the jade god in los angeles as soon as it can be got ready dearest there was an interval only he said presently it's going to mean a little real loneliness for you dear not more than a few weeks why she demanded sharply because i promised algerson to superintend the rehearsals i couldn't well refuse you know how much it means to us dear heart when do you leave monday the twentieth century limited for chicago then on to los angeles and you'll be gone altogether how long joan persisted tensely with good luck about a month if we strike a snag of course i may have to stop over a week or so longer it's hard to say then i'm to be left here alone with nothing to do but wait perhaps more than a month i'm afraid so dear it's for both of our sakes so much depends jack placing her hands on his shoulders joan held him off take me with you she pleaded earnestly think a moment sweetheart you must see how impossible it is for one thing it wouldn't oh it's all very well to say conventions be hanged but it wouldn't look right we're not married take me with you jack she repeated stubbornly he shook his head and fairly and squarely dear i can't afford it i haven't got enough money even if we were married i'd have to leave you here for a moment longer the girl kept her hands upon his shoulders exploring his face with eyes that seemed suddenly to have been robbed of much of their girlishness then very well she said coldly and releasing him she sat back and averted her countenance matthias got up distressed and perplexed you can't mean your love won't stand the strain of a few weeks separation joan she made no answer 
he shrugged moved to the work-table found a cigarette and lighted it surely you can wait that long i'll do my best she interrupted almost impatiently if it can't be it can't so don't let's talk any more about it i'd give a good deal to be able to arrange things the way you wish he grumbled but i don't see she was silent he paced the warm path on the carpet for a few moments then turned aside to his desk and stood idly examining a little collection of correspondence which had been delivered in his absence one or two letters he opened skimmed through without paying much attention to their contents and tossed aside a third brought from him an exclamation hello what is it joan inquired indifferently what do you say to running down to tanglewood over sunday tanglewood my aunt helen is home down at port madison long island you know she has just written asking us it would be rather fun would you like to go a blunt negative was barely suppressed curiosity made joan hesitate and temporarily to forego further petulance i've got nothing to wear she doubted uncertainly rot you don't need anything but shirtwaists and skirts there won't be anybody but you helena george tankerville and myself matthias leaned over the back of her chair and caught her face between his hands it'll be a splendid holiday for us before i start say yes sweetheart joan turned up her face to his lifting her arms to encircle his neck she nodded consent as he bent his lips to hers End of chapter nineteen